Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. I'm Danny Kelly. And I'm Andy Jacobs. And this is the H&D Daily Podcast, full of all the usual excellent stuff. It is. Uh, we had a chat, of course. Uh, yeah, and you did loads of lovely bits, including the worst ever waste of ink. <laughs> Jeff true. Norcott came to visit us. We heard from Martin Kellner. We heard from... I've, I've written his name down here so badly. Mike Ward. We heard from Mike Ward, <laughs> and it was it was a great show, and I really really enjoyed. I'm glad he made such an impression on you. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome along to Kelly and Jacobs here. I want to say, Andy, um, it, I'm not saying it was it was an amazing show because you weren't here. But an amazing show yesterday. That both the interviews were in their different ways extraordinary. Amir mm. Khan read his book. His father recognised that it was so much energy in him. The only sport he could think of which might begin to take some of the energy out of him was boxing. He came in here now, and he's not boxing, he's full of energy again. So the, <laughs> kind of, it, was, it was great to see him, you know, because whatever people say about Amir and his, and his level of skill, you know, he, he, you know, he wasn't a Mayweather or whatever. He had a good career. He, oh, really, and he mm. never, he, he look at the list of people he fought. It's like he's going around looking for the, the toughest people to fight. Mm. And then Danny Cipriani was in, and many people have commented about that interview. Clearly, he's um, uh, somewhere down a, 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 the, the far end of a very, very long personal journey of self-discovery. Um, some people, I think, might have found it a bit strange to hear somebody talking about themselves so openly um, and in such a different way than they used to be. Mm. But they were both incredibly uh, tiring, actually, interviews too, but very, very enjoyable. Um, luckily, we don't have to do that today because we've got the, the Premier League coming back and all the rest of it. Yeah, we've got Stan. That's fine. Yeah, <laughs> we'll, we, have, we'll have fun. My friend Stan, uh, we worked together for many, many years. He will, he will. I'll give you an advance. I hope he's not listening. He will call me Dad at the start. Um, he likes to think of me as his. He's going to call me Granddad. Then, oh dear, oh dear. <laughs> no, Gramps. Yeah, Gramps. Anyway, I've uh, over the years I've uh, cut out lots of letters from newspapers. Had a lot of fun with it. I mean, if you ever, for instance, if you ever were to become a blackmailer or a kidnapper, <laughs> yeah. you're so you're so adept at cutting up the newspapers yeah, with the scissors to make the messages. It's Fantastic, incredible. yeah. And but today, uh, sometimes you just get one that just stops you in your tracks. That you you can't believe that they wrote it, you can't believe they printed it, and you can't believe you read it and then you read it again. It comes from Richard Sidaway in Billingham in Teesside. Uh, let me let me interrupt a, a bit. 
when Andy was doing was preparing, he said, I'm, "I've got the best ever." Is this the best ever one? Well, it is. I think this it's is the waste of ink. Yes, the best ever waste he said, of it's ink. It's the best ever waste of ink. Now, given the standard that it normally applies at this, <laughs> I, I'm not. I'm not building up for a fall here. I am, and I absolutely <laughs> said, "Don't tell me. I want to hear it on air." <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, the best ever waste of ink. <laughs> Thanks. Okay, so Richard's hit away from Billingham and Teesside rights. Jude Bellingham's performance against the Scots was a masterclass. Was it? Yeah, masterclass in arrogance and giving the ball away. How many times did Jude drop out of position to go on a runabout? Whatever that is. What the? He's a wildly overrated, ball-greedy expletive, same as Messi. Oh, yeah, so he's found the comparison. Um, I thought, it's brilliant, isn't it? They published this. I mean, He wrote this. Yeah, he wrote it. And I like the way he's having a like lots of people who are let's say you might give them a wide berth in the public house. He's having the argument with himself. <laughs> he's asking himself the questions. It is a him? Of course, it's a him, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Of course, it's a him. Richard um, Sidaway. Yeah, he's asking oh, himself the question. Then he's giving himself the answer. You're right, Richard. But what about the way he goes out? <laughs> what does he? Where does he go? A want away? Run away? What's the the word he used? Uh, hold on. It was a masterclass in arrogance and giving the ball away. Oh yeah. How many times did you drop out of position to go on a runabout? Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, a... Richard. He's gone on a runabout. That fella. <laughs> a car, he's overrated. He's as bad as that Messi. <laughs> I mean, I, I can't be careful here, Andy, because you know it's uh, amazing, isn't it? He's, he, I know football's a game of opinions. I get that, but honestly, you could not look at Jude Bellingham's wonderful performance for England. He was. You know, everybody was going, well, you said he was like Zidane. Uh, I believe he you is. You think he's like Zidane. Richard yeah. Sidaway thinks he's rubbish. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Which of us, Richard, is making a living talking to a large microphone about football? That's all I'm saying about that. I agree that. with you. I know, I know. Now, I, 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 when Stan comes on, I'll shut up because he really does know about football. Yeah. But I'm, I'm, I'm putting myself, let me just write his name down, I'm making my league table of people who know about football and putting myself above Richard Sidaway, today at least. Keep an eye out for him. He, he's, he sounds like the sort of person who writes a lot to the papers, yeah. I think he does. Yeah. Um, so also in the papers, I love, I love the sort of time society thing. I pick up the odd names and various. I've always oh. had a thing about people's names. Yes. This now I've never seen a name like this. This is uh, Ronit and Daniel Weinbar. That's their name, <laughs> Weinbar. Yeah. I know they've given birth to a daughter. Wine gum. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I said that. <laughs> no, it's, her name's Cassia Gillian. Congratulations to them. But actually, when I looked into it a bit more, she was Weinman as her maiden name. Yes, okay. And he was Barnet. So they obviously oh, decided... So combination. They and they came out with wine bar. Oh, wow. got, in a way, you've got to hand it to them. I think it's quite good. But that's an idea that can only have been constructed in a wine bar, <laughs> isn't it? That plan. Yeah, very much what, so. when we get When we get married... <laughs> oh, we're getting married. Great. When we get married... Mm. We should do something different with these names. <laughs> Come on. And then this this name from the other... I love this show, the Royal Borough of Kensington. It's basically posh people who've got a lot more money than you, spending a lot more money than you'll ever see. That's what the programme is. So this What's it called, sorry? Uh, Royal Borough of Kensington oh, and Chelsea. Yeah. And so within this programme, there was an it's estate... Re reality. A bloke who finds houses for very rich people was meeting an estate agent, and so the commentary went, and Steve's me meeting local estate agent Merton... Croysdale Appleby. <laughs> and I thought, is that the firm? And it wasn't the firm, it's from no. the firm of... That's yeah. his name. 
It's amazing, isn't it? I thought, what a great name. I'm going to change my name to Merton Croisdale Appleby. One of the it's many... Got, hang on, it's got a ring oh, to it. Oh, hang on. Hawksby and Croisdale Appleby. I, I feel that's the way forward. But it is one of the ways, isn't it? One of the many, many secret ways. Look, I'm not going to turn this programme into a history lesson. And, and all of you are smart enough to know that, you know, when people talk about all the things that go right and wrong in Britain, fantastic country, sometimes a very messed up country... It's all about class. We know mm. it's about class, and there's mm. a se- all the secret codes. And one of the fantastic secret codes of class is that the posh people, they do it deliberately. They give each other the most extraordinary names, and in, it's right there, mm. a sequence of names, to keep themselves separate from the John Smiths and the Betty Blogs, don't they? That's, That's true. part of the yeah. code of Actually, doing it. Actually, to be, to be fair to Merton, he wasn't that posh in the end. I thought it was no. supposed to be really posh. He was just a like, normal bloke. Putting it on. Putting it on. Yeah. Anyway, uh, we should. Uh, I think Everton fans will be pleased. The the ownership has uh, decided to sell up. And there'll there'll be a mixture of, of a pleasure and, and a slight trepidation. trepidation. I yeah. agree with you. But uh, of course, that means that uh, it's the end to oh, Farhad Mashiri's reign. And uh, now he's sold up. We thought well, it's one last opportunity oh. <clears throat> to hear this, which was put together by our excellent producer John Cadigan. It's a bit long, but I think you'll get the idea. I had a very long conversation with the coolest guy in town, who is Farhad Mashiri. The reason I mentioned Farhad this morning, the neighbour of Mashiri, Farhad Mashiri. I got in touch with Farhad Mashiri, majority shareholder, Farhad Mashiri. Mashiri was saying, look, Jim, it's not an issue that Mr Mashiri was demonstrating to me last night. Farhad Mashiri, the majority shareholder of Everton. I like Mashiri. On the red carpet, Farhad Mashiri. My old chum, uh, majority shareholder, Everton, Farhad Mashiri. Just combination of Mashiri. When Mashiri was on, I'm hearing the Mashiri, the the majority shareholder he's bought the liver building the liver building absolutely love it what is it used for now it's in the hands of mr mashiri billionaire at the top of the house these days farhad mashiri with mashiri at the top of the house mashiri everton under mashiri are going to become stronger mashiri this is a man who does deals in saint petersburg does mashiri go into the market farhad mashiri farhad mashiri hi to you farhad so that is just into me there from farhad mashiri you've met Farhad Mashiri. Farhad Mashiri. Didn't expect to hear from Mashiri. Farhad Mashiri. Mashiri confirmed yesterday to hear from Mashiri. Farhad Mashiri, good afternoon to you. There we are. Farhad Mashiri. Mashiri, some mistake. This is is going on and on and on. You get the idea there. Oh, fantastic. John Cadigan. He's he's, he's sunning himself, isn't he, on some some Caribbean beach or other. Um, Everyone is at Talksport here, let's be honest. Um, But that was just fantastic. That was good fun. And uh, and Uh, let me just check that Jim has left the building. That's no sign of him. No, yeah, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Um, which takes us now to our next guest, and we'll be looking forward to, I said we just got hold of the book a few days ago, I'm um, looking forward to him mm. coming in the studio, and he is comedian. <clears throat> I think you know each other very, very well, Andy. Yeah, we Jeff Norcott, and he's written a book called The British Bloke Decoded. Mm. And Jeff, first of all, welcome to the show. Thank you very much for coming in to talk to us about it. Um, uh, on the surface, um, quite a, a, a sort of... Um, Small C controversial in the in, in the current climate because you're you're expected to say, well, you know, blokes they're all a nuisance, aren't they? And uh, when they get together and yeah. they're in a clump, they're a big load of nuisance. Why did you choose? I mean, it's a, it's a comedy book. It's funny. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. It's supposed to be light-hearted, but I, there had been a period, I suppose, for about six or seven years where I guess if the male brand was a stock listing, the share price had, had sort of devalued slightly over oh, time. Oh, I sold, I sold mine years ago. <laughs> people were yeah. selling off. They're looking for other things, Bitcoin. And, and I kind of thought that, you know, a lot of the people that were held up as examples as bad men were people that, that have power. And, and a lot of 
a bloke doesn't really have much power or agency in his own life. He's most of us will get nowhere near the influence of a Donald Trump or an Elon Musk or these people that are held up as uh, examples of toxic masculinity. Mm. So I just thought, right, what is a bloke? A bloke is a fairly stable and dependable thing. You know, he's just trying to do the right. He might be a bit rubbish. He might forget birthdays. He might be. I mean, just give you an example. As you were leading into that, yeah. you mentioned the cricket. I got completely distracted. As you intro in my book, I realised yeah. there was a screen behind me. I was like, 72 for one, oh, Joe yeah. Root. That's not bad. That's not bad yeah, yeah he, he needs 100. So that is an example, I suppose, a prime example of blokes often not being able to like focus on the important stuff because we, we I guess we retain a certain boyishness, you know, a certain, and that's not necessarily the same as immaturity, I don't think. No, no, I mean, I've got, a, I've got a scientific theory about this. I certainly won't be doing it on air. Because um, <laughs> yeah. it, it struck me that uh, you're right, the examples of, of so-called toxic masculinity, you know, let's call it what it is, to- toxic masculinity, they're so far away from what I know as, because I use the phrase mm. all the time, oh, him, he's a good bloke. When, yeah, I'm passing on, when I'm passing on a friend to a friend or introducing to, you like him, he's a good bloke, Mm. It has yeah, we use that expression of, a lot. Yeah, and yeah. I think bloke, yeah. it's interesting you mentioned that, is often prefixed by good, you know, yeah. so, so there's a good connotation in there. So I sort of thought, let's unpack some of the stuff that might, you know, on the one hand, it might offer blokes some validation. On the other hand, it might make a bit of sense to women who are per- perpetually baffled by our behaviour. Yes. But one thing that got me thinking about it initially was about why don't a lot of blokes wear sun cream when we're on beaches, right? And and, and you could easily pass it off and say, because we're idiots. You've got straight to the serious stuff. <laughs> they're really, they're yeah. really unpacked. I mean, but I, that's the point. It's on the front end, it's sort of funny. But then I thought you'd dig down another layer, and I guess it's about not showing weakness, isn't it? About maybe not taking yourself too seriously, uh, even if you're up against the hottest thing in our solar system and then the third level that I thought about was hang on you know we don't apply many lotions and potions and moisturisers to our body on a day in day out basis you look very well groomed to me from eight feet away well that would be the injections but the uh, but when it comes to it we if we're putting like cream on our body in a public place that might be the first time that we've even touched our lower back that year we're not match fit lads. So it looks like it looks bad. Oh, well, it, I've got terrible news for you. Ten years yeah. down the line, clutching your lower back is all you'll be doing, I assure <laughs> you. In agony. But yeah. but I, I suppose I sort of thought it looks like you know when a cat has to lick that bit underneath yeah. its chin and it loses all its dignity. Yeah. I thought that for a man, that's how we feel on a beach. So yes, it may be a sort of like doofus type behaviour, but it's not necessarily coming from a bad place. And and the book sort of goes between light-hearted stuff like that, you know, and then there's these questions about why don't we ever know anything about our friends' lives? I, I came back off a stag do recently and my wife said to me, she said, oh. how, how was it? And what she means is, how are your friends? What is going on in their lives? <laughs> oh. And I said, well, it's fine. She was like, uh, you, did you hear about, you know, Steve's had to change jobs? Uh, did you find out about that? I was like, just then, when you told me. we did. <laughs> I mean, the, the main purpose of being together, she said, well, what do you talk about? And I said, well, the thing we talk about, we try and work out each other, other's fundamental flaws and weaknesses and we take the mickey out of those. Them. Exploit, Exploit them. them down to the ground, <laughs> it's absolutely. So yeah. Oh. Uh, you even give us the origins of the word bloke, which oh. I was quite fascinated by, actually. Yeah, well, it started to appear, you know, it's the word the word block, and it, and, and it doesn't actually, interestingly, Andy, have, have, have a, a direct equivalent in a lot of... <laughs> Languages, you know, German, mm. French, and I think Aussies, you would imagine, you know, are yeah, our, yeah. Our, our closest sort of species uh, link. But it, it does seem to be quite unique to these isles, and, and hence the phrase uh, the British bloke decoded. I can't mm. possibly claim to talk about what it's like to be, you know, a French man. Yeah. And, and I think that there's something about the British bloke. When you think of him, I guess you're thinking of socks and sandals, you know. I guess you're thinking of weird hobbies, and I'm not saying that French and Italian blokes don't do this, but there's certainly not the image I've got in my head. No, no, I mean, you're, you're, the thing about, about uh, 
getting questioned when you've been speaking to your friends. I mean, that absolutely set the alarm bells ringing off in my mm. head. Whenever I finish a phone call, which may have taken 30 minutes, my, my blessed wife will say to me, oh, you were talking to David? What did, what, what did they say? And then I say the things, and it comes out like less than 15 seconds. She said, and I say, and, and I said, no, no, that's all of it. You've got everything now. That I is... mean, I actually write down what people say to me now because so I, I know I'm going to be questioned. On the far end. Well, I mean, but this is it about evolving. That's a really good strategy. So it's saying we are what we are. I think that constantly criticising men for things that perhaps come naturally to us is really not going to get anybody anywhere. It just puts people's backs up. But on the other hand, we can evolve just a little bit, right? And you can make, like you say, Make it take a little post. The other thing, the other thing that drives her mad, Jeff. And again, you use the word hobbies. Now, I've got a big record collection. It's my, it's my passion. Uh, but she literally says to me, "I'm going to test you then, and I can rattle off the catalogue numbers of the first twenty British issues of Tamla Motown Records." Yeah. And then she goes, "Can you change a plug, Danny?" This is a test. And I can't really change a plug. Now, yeah. I could go on YouTube and find out how to do it, which is my get-out clause for everything. Mm. If I wanted to do that, I could. But there seems to be a value, and there seems to be a great deal of value set on changing plugs and knowing how to paint cupboards compared to collecting records. Well, this is I interesting. Know. I think you're, you're on to something there. I mean, it is that a lot of women still want blokes to be able to do practical things. And there's a chapter about... You know, the death of DIY, my generation, we, we're probably... Is, I yeah, don't know, you yeah. know, I don't know how to change the oil. I can just about bleed a radiator. And I found out... You've a got real, an Allen key. You've got a bunch of Allen keys. Yeah. I love Allen keys. I don't know what to do with them, but I do appreciate their sort of societal worth. But I found out something really sobering was that um, car manufacturers now routinely no longer put spare wheels in the boot of a car. Yeah. And I was like, what a slap in the face for us. It's, it's essentially, they've looked at our generation of men and gone, maybe not for you, lads, eh? Why don't you sit on that grass verge and wait for a real man to come and sort it out? And and, and I think that these are these are important things that we need to offer because as women become more financially independent, we actually have to own our USPs. And yeah. the things was their dad could change the oil, their dad could bleed a radiator. So if I'm thinking particularly about my generation of men, mm. it's a really important skill. You, you also talk about, we should, because we're running out of time, the sporting holy trinity. Mm. Uh, actually, I was, yeah, I was surprised at this because I, I thought it would be, you've got darts, Presumably yeah. you've got football, yes. and then you've got cricket, which surprised. I thought you'd go boxing. I knew it was, yeah, I love boxing. Uh, I, I mean, a lot of people would uh, expect rugby, but come on, no, seriously. No, no, that's not <laughs> blokes. Yeah. I grew up on a council. blokes. Yeah, I grew up on a council in popular, South London. It's, it's popular not, sports we're talking about well, now, yeah. yeah. Cricket is more that I'm making an argument for it. I'm, I'm aware that I'm swimming against the tide. But what and I'm, yet you were absolutely... Transfit, dis- love cricket. Uh, yeah. I love cricket. Yeah. And mm. part of it is because you can have a beer in your hand by half ten, and no one thinks it's weird. Nobody thinks it's weird at all. You can have a beer in your hand and a bacon roll, and you can, and it's good value for money. I mean, football is highly entertaining, and some, you know, you, you look at the price of it. Ninety minutes cricket, all day, yeah, all day. I went on my own. I went. On, this is so sad. I went on my own to the final day of the first test at Edgbaston, which obviously we lost in sort of tragic fashion, but. I, was, I went out and had a curry on my own afterwards. And at the end, my wife's like, are you all right? I was like, I've had a really good day. Yeah. <laughs> well, in, in, in cricket, let's be fair, you, you can eat a bacon roll, you say, have a pint. It's like spoons with grass, isn't it? It's a brilliant thing. The spoons with uh, weather spoons with a lawn. It's very good. <laughs> Open air weather spoons. Tell people all about the book. It's called The British, Bro- British Bloke Decoded From Banter to Man Flu. Everything finally explained. And a nice uh, sort of plug by Adrian Charles on the front as well.
absolutely definitive everything explained. You can't say fairer than that, can you? I, I think we've covered it all, and if not, there'll be a sequel. This is talk sport listeners. I hope so, I hope so. And even the female variety. And it's funny, that's the important thing is it's funny. Thank, thank you very much indeed, Jeff, for coming in. And thank you for being nice about the cricket, because next up is Owen Morgan, and he's probably listening. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Yeah, Owen Morgan yeah. is there, the former England captain uh, as well. Owen, uh, I dare, I, I, why have you been um, brought to us here? I can see you staring at a screen there in front of me. Uh, have you got a very big carbon footprint, Owen? Or are you just... You're no, well, actually, it, it, it didn't surprise me that I was above average, given oh. the, how much I fly around the world. So when I, I completed my fan carbon footprint calculator, it, it gives you feedback. Right. It, you know, the biggest step forward in this, for me and the... The start of it is actually the education and raising awareness as to what your footprint is. And then say you do come to Lords or you, or you want to use it whenever on a, on a, on a match day or you're coming to uh, for an event. It can raise solutions, whether you're taking public transport, whether there are bikes available locally to where you do. I, I shared a, a cabin with the or a, a car room with the England captain this morning. So very privileged. But again, you're trying to do your part. Um, however big or small that is, is a start because exactly. there is no finishing point to this. This is an ongoing process, and we we have to educate people going forward because if if we don't, people just continue to 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 stay in their habits and and go unknowingly um, without improving their footprint. And climate change, we've we've done stories on this before. It's a problem, isn't it, for cricket pitches and cricket pitch preparation everywhere the game's played. Absolutely huge, huge problem. And, and people always associate uh, climate change with the, the, the rise in temperature. You know, and, and, and you know, we don't play in, in, unless it's not raining. And we've seen probably uh, an increase in the last two to three years significantly in games that have been rain affected, games with increasing levels of temperatures where players are welfare comes into consideration with a game at Durham last year that the temperatures are reaching 44 degrees which is uh, crazy when you when you look at it if you rewind the clock the last ashes in Australia Joe Ruder our test captain at the time was hospitalized while batting and and, and uh, took very little part in the rest of the game so it's it's an issue yes we we take seriously but actually want to do something about it and you know, we're, our hands are tied a little bit because of the amount that we travel around the world. But if, if that can if improve its efficiency when it comes to carbon output, you know, it'll be a huge step in the right direction. Oh, and on the cricket, uh, England are playing there in front of you today. How do you think the preparation is going for the World Cup, which is now, let's be honest, it's upon us now, isn't it? Yeah, it certainly is. Well, we're 94 for one at the moment. Uh, Joe Root is 26 off 34 and David Milan 52 off 56. Another half century for him. He's been in fine, fine form. And I think I think preparation for the World Cup has been going well. You'd, you'd probably say that there's, there's, there's one part of the preparation that is in question and, and then probably cause a little bit of confusion throughout this series and it's it's the exclusion of Jason Roy due to these back spasms these ongoing back spasms that he has had and initially the inclusion of um, Harry Brook at the top of the order then his exclusion in the last game and now his inclusion back in the middle order so I think the England team and selectors 
are trying to become clear on what the best options are. If you remember, they can only select a squad of 15 players that they can take to India that in order to make any changes, the player needs to be injured or completely ruled out of the tournament for, for various issues. So once they make that selection of 15, they have to be dead set. And, you know, I've spoken to many a person outside of the group and, and you know, talking of different names that keep cropping up, but understanding as a captain that you need like-for-like like replacements for like-for-like like roles because the clarity in, in, in the game plan that these players have and keeping it as simple as possible in the biggest moments of the World Cup are more important than just getting a player out there that you know might be batting out of position or might be bowling out of position. So you're not getting the most out of it. So for me, that, that has to be there. There was a bit of a chat about Ben Stokes when he got picked, when he decided to wow. come back to 50 over cricket. But I think he answered that one the other day pretty well, actually. Not that he needed to, but he did. <laughs> he certainly did. He, he rained on Jason Roy's parade, beating his individual score. Highest ever ODI individual score. But, it, you know, Ben, for me is a guy, and we talked about this before England went to the T20 World Cup last year, when he was included, having not played a lot of T20 cricket in the previous year. Ben is a guy that, that creates his own role and writes his own script. And a lot of that is determined by actually what the team need. And the first two games, England were beaten in the first game of this series and won the second game. But Joss Butler was quite outspoken in the post-match presentation when he said, I need our bat batters to be more positive, especially when we're under fire. And Ben took that to a new level in the third game. He really, really did. And Ben Ben is the guy that doesn't have to do this. Very much his role in the test team as well. Ben could average 40, strike it at 100 for the next 10 years quite easily, as long as his body holds up. He isn't a guy that has to take on unnecessary risk. Because the team needs it and the captain has asked him to do that, that's the type of role that he takes on. Yeah. Um, and last one on the cricket, uh, Owen. Has the World Cup just come far too quickly um, for Jofra Archer? Well, at the moment, it it seems so. I think if you you know, with other questions around the fitness levels and game time that players that would already be in that preliminary squad have sort of ticked off throughout this series, I think in order for him to break through into that playing fifth or sorry. Um, squad announcement of 15 he would have had to play one if not two of these games England leave I think on the 27th of September after that they played two warm-up games in very quick succession before the first match I think taking an injured player or a player that hasn't proved match fitness would be a gamble and, and I think it probably will go against the, the likes of Jofra Archer and finally, Owen, I don't want to put you on the spot, but it's exactly what I'm going to do. Um, and in another sport, the World Cup is underway. Um, we know how complicated the history of these islands are. I myself live in the Republic of Ireland. Um, oh, former England captain, who are you supporting in the Rugby World Cup? <laughs> well, it's it's win-win. I'm actually a massive rugby fan. It is completely win-win. <laughs> and it is, it is hilarious at how many times I get asked this question and answer it with it is win-win. There are days that I absolutely love when they play against each other in the Six Nations. And it's just... It, it, the, the irritating thing is people force me to pick a side. They almost like... The controversy in it, and I don't. You know, I've watched pretty much every game last night, every game 
since the start. I thought Uruguay were, were very impressive against the host France last night. I'll be watching on from afar. You know, it's a, it's a quiet enough weekend as regards to fixtures, but I've no doubt there will be an upset. You know, the, the heat down there, the the the, the humidity, the, the challenge that, you know, it's, they, they play a completely different game as uh, mm. any other sports people around the world, I think. Just the blows that they take and the decisions and how clinical they are. And then on the back of it, how much respect they show not only the umpires, but the opposition throughout a game of rugby. So I have a huge amount of admiration for all rugby players. Well, listen, thank you. Thank you for joining us, Owen. And uh, if the cricket doesn't work out, you can get a job in the diplomatic service there, I think it's fair <laughs> to say. Um, I put my cards on the table. I'm, I'm, you know, I was born in 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 England. Mm. I, I support England all the time, except when they play in Ireland, and then I want Ireland to win. Oh really? Uh, oh, okay. I, I want Ireland to win the World Cup. If they can't, then England. Yeah. Okay. Fair there you are. Sorry yeah. about that, everybody. Yeah, no, it's uh, Owen Owen takes a, a more measured approach than <clears throat> that. I think it's fair to say. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. A lot can happen in the next three years, like a chatbot, maybe your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. I know, I always say this, but this particular tune always throws me straight back to 14-year-old me in the youth club in Our Lady of the Sacred Heart Church Hall uh, back in Islington. Lovely. Uh, out to go of Kelly and Jacobs. You all know the furniture <clears throat> on this last hour of Friday. I love the way the show eases into the weekend. We'll hear from Martin Kellner. Um, about his views on television that's happened, sporting television. And we'll be joined by Todd Macklin, all the latest from the US, still reeling from what happened to Aaron Rodgers. 
um, on Monday. Um, we'll be talking um, with uh, whoever's going to meet. It'll be Andy Goldstein comes in for the handover for Drive. And Mike Ward will join us towards the end. Uh, he's the Stars TV critic with all the latest um, of what's coming up in another huge week. Oh, it's always a huge week on television, isn't it? But uh, I'm Danny Kelly. He's Andy Jacobs. And I'm delighted to say we're joined now um, by our old friend and colleague, Martin Kellner. Hi, Martin. Hi, Danny. Hi, uh, Andy. Uh, Going to start with the US Open tennis. I, I've mentioned this before. It's this convention in Grand Slam tennis now where they have to stick a microphone right in front of the of the loser, first of all. So you've just lost the Grand Slam, as Daniel Medvedev did uh, last weekend. Immediately, they force the uh, loser into an interview. Uh, and basically, the uh, what they have to do there is to make them cry. That is uh, this, this, this expression that uh, Paul sort of uh, expressed a sort of mild, uh, mild objection to the money shot. But to be honest, the money shot is when they get uh, the loser and, and the winner as well. They need the winner to uh, to cry. Uh, and it's obviously, pathetic, Martin. You're you're so on the button here. It's pathetic. I mean, yes. these are sports people. They're not in a drama. They're not in a TV drama. But they have to stick the old onion under their, under their nose to get themselves to, to drop a few tears. What is that about? And the, and the question is always the same: How mm. how do you feel about losing? <laughs> the, how do you feel about it? Not not, they... not why did you lose, but how do you feel about losing? Yeah, oh, absolutely. I mean, it's 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 absolute nonsense. And of course, they were barking up the wrong tree, trying to get Djokovic to cry yeah, because we know, yeah, we know what a tough cookie. He's not going to cry. He didn't have an injection. So, uh, I mean, you know, you know damn well that that's that's not going to happen. But they insist on doing it. I mean, in deference to Sky, the coverage, well, it was their coverage, but the uh, the end game is done by ESPN. So it's yeah. ESPN's people who are. Uh, um, you know, they know what they want, and that is basically what they want. And the, the other thing about tennis players in general is they because the tour is such, they're traveling around together all the time. You know, it's it's a bit like darts in a way. So that they're a team, you know, the whole load of them are a team, if, if you like. So they're never going to say anything particularly bad about their opponent. In fact, I can tell you exactly what they'll say about their opponent. So gave me a great match, a very, very tough player. Yeah. Uh, and uh, you know, made it very difficult for me. Yeah. Do, you, really do, difficult do you think that, I mean, let's assume they go by coach and not by luxury airplane. Mm. They'll probably go, I'll I saw you crying after the US Open then. I saw you <laughs> yeah. squeezing out a few there. Yeah. Yes. What else are you watching? The Rugby Union has started, the World Cup. The Rugby Union World Cup has started. My advice here is cherry pick your matches because you've mm. got to go, you're going to have to be really, really careful to get a great match. I mean, England, Argentina, which obviously English people settled down to, to watch, as I'm sure they did in Argentina as well. That was a dog with fleas. I don't care what anybody says. There was all the controversy, obviously, about the about the red card and about the non-red card a little bit later on. But, but at the end of it, it wasn't an entertaining rugby, rugby match to watch. There were no tries. Uh, and uh, But there will be good matches, but you've got to be careful and make sure you cherry because it goes on for 51 days. It does seem, yeah. I, I mean, I, I'm a rugby league man, I know, but I'm not uh, in any way disparaging rugby union. Except, you just a as Robert De Niro would say, just a little, <laughs> you're disrespecting it just a little bit. Yeah, but yeah. I as a lay person, I like rugby union, I like all forms of rugby, but it, the rules and the laws in rugby are so complicated. The scrub they is now a farce, oh, yeah. isn't it? The scrum yeah. is a farce. They should abandon it in the same way that Rugby League abandoned it a long, yeah. long time ago. 
because yeah. it, it takes on so much time now. And exp, you know, and as my brother always says, you know, he, he's a TV producer. He had to produce rugby for years and years and years by not liking the sport. And they, they, it's, are they goldfish? These players? They have to be explained <laughs> how to scrum down every single time there's a scrummage. Yeah, yeah true. I know. Uh, for the casual sports watcher, there's not a lot in it. But there again, there will be there will be one great match. Um, I, I've got to There'll be more than one great match, Martin. <laughs> Come <laughs> no. on. But there will be one. I gather the Fiji. Match. I didn't see the Fiji Wales game, but that was that apparently was a, a great game. Yeah, that that was a good match. But I mean, you, I was reading a book about the 2019 World Cup, and there was a match that was played. I don't know, two o'clock in the afternoon. It was it was in Japan basically, and it was Fiji versus Uruguay, and it was a fantastic match. But hardly anybody in this country watched it because obviously we were, you know, we were concentrating on the home nations. So there will be a great match in it. Uh, obviously, ITV, as we know, uh, and are giving it, you know, have gone the full Monty with it. They're giving it a big, um, you know, the big treatment. The BBC haven't got it, even though. The bit or any of it, even though the BBC are, um, you know, they're very big into rugby union. So I was I happened to be watching BBC Breakfast the morning after, and I thought, well, I wonder how they're going to cover the rugby union World Cup. They sent a guy into a cafe in Marseille to buy croissants, <laughs> and the whole thing was about croissants because you know that's really hard to get over here. You can hardly. <laughs> You won't find them in the UK. Croissants. Oh. <laughs> uh, yeah, it, 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 well. <laughs> that yeah. was the equivalent of the old um, sports coverage in the in the in the tabloid newspapers when when England would say play Mexico and they'd get yes. two of the players to to pose Sombrero. in sombreros. <laughs> the croissants yes. was the same thing, wasn't it? It's just Very a more, so. more Monte, more Monte Fresco, Monte Fresco used to take the pictures. That's right, Andy. Um, mm. Except the, the television, of course, it costs more to mm. organise the, the view of people I eating croissants. Think we've just got time for uh, your last one, Martin. 80 for Brady. 80 for Brady, which you can see on Sky Cinema now. All I'll say about this, and this might be damning with faint praise, it's not half as bad as uh, all the critics have said it is. <laughs> you know, it's uh, it's pretty sentimental. It, but, it, you know, if you want to see those people we loved, and uh, thankfully we've got more of a senior audience with uh, you two today, if you want to see those, uh, <laughs> those people that we loved back in the 60s and the 70s, they're all there. Jane Fonda, for goodness sake, I mean, she's 80, it's not, this isn't coming home and it's not Clute, but it's not bad, you know, I mean, and she, bless her, she's there. Uh, Lily Tomlin, who some of us... Oh, it's remember, not, so I thought this was something to do with Tom Brady, it's nothing to do with Tom Brady. <laughs> it is, it's for supposedly women, for old women who win tickets to go and see the New England Patriots uh, in the yeah, football. Okay. And they're in love with Tom Brady. I've only seen the trailer. It looks great. It looks great fun to me. <laughs> I think it is great fun. I mean, a lot of it is just four elderly ladies shouting, oh, we're going to see Tom Brady. We're going to the Super Bowl. <laughs> but if, if you... That's a documentary then. Hmm. Yeah, very much so. But uh, allegedly based on a true story in the way that lots of movies are based on a true story. Um, and thank you very much indeed, Martin. Um, uh, that was quick concise Excellent. and at times brutal the Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast yeah we'll get stuck into the weekend's television with Mike Warden in just a second I just want to take 30 seconds to say started the week um, mourning the passing of our lovely colleague uh, Giles Carruthers uh, Gilo to all of us and last night I got the news that the brilliant young comedian Maddie Anholt had uh, died there's no other word for it 36 years of age 
Um, connected to TalkSport because about nine years ago I used to have a programme on Saturday night called Season Ticket. The idea was to preview the week's fo- weekend's mm. football and do it with, with a, one of the up-and-coming comedians. I soon abandoned all the other up-and-coming comedians and we just had Maddie every week because she really was brilliantly funny and I knew that she was going to go on and have a great career. She's ended up now, of course, on Loose Women, um, making the big bucks. She's done all the Edinburgh, won all the prizes at Edinburgh and all the rest of it. She used to light up the studio with her wit and her mischievousness and I'm absolutely shocked. Um, you know, she's not part of the TalkSport family in the way that Jilo was, but she's part of my journey at TalkSport, and I'll miss her terribly. Sorry, Mike Ward, that I had to do that, but I wanted to mention Maddie, and, that, and now I have done. Mike Ward is here. Hello, the Stars TV critic. Hello, Mike. Hi, Danny. How are um, we, We've left you very, very short, so um, no, it's fine. Go, go straight to the one that you most want to talk about first. Well, I guess we should just talk about Strictly then. That's the big show yeah, of the weekend, course, isn't it? Tomorrow it is. night. I'm not on. I want to, I want to re- reiterate that I'm not taking part in this series, <laughs> as was put about on social media earlier, Mike. <laughs> oh, well... I'm not going to watch it then. Should we move on? (laughs) (laughs) Actually, when they start, you know, they sort of drip feed the the list of the latest contestants. That's where your chance comes to fool everyone, yeah. (laughs) Yes, that's actually true. Yeah, very good point. Um, I was actually looking at, for the first time in a while, because normally when people say, oh, I've never heard of these people, I get slightly frustrated because we all have different points of reference in our lives and some of us who... That's that's every year, isn't it? Yeah, Yeah. it's, it's a bit boring. But I was getting to a point where halfway through I was thinking, Really, really, I'm starting to wonder if I have heard of any of these people. But they clawed it back at the end. So we've got, you know, we've got the likes of Les Dennis and Annabelle Croft, Angela Rippon, you know, say no more. Christian Gurumurti's <laughs> on. Great. Come on, yeah. Yes, oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> so that's good. And of course, you know, even better, probably before that, Alan Carr's Picture Slam, which is a new game show, ten to six, BBC One, going out every Saturday night. You can win up to ten thousand pounds by looking at some pictures on a board and telling Alan what they're pictures of. Wow, <laughs> sounds fantastic! And he keeps shouting Picture Slam, and it sounds like Number Wang from from uh, <laughs> oh, Mitch, really? Mitch and Webb, which is highly amusing if a little obscure for those who. The, know the game show it. he did on it was kind of League of Their Own for films on Sky. It was actually really good. It, yeah, they did a few series. It was uh, high production values, but I think you know, like a lot of Sky programs, it sort of bit the dust, which was a shame. Yeah. Uh, one thing about Strictly, of course, it's welcome back to the applause filling noises of Tess Daly. I like to <laughs> I like to alert the listeners to this. Well, we can talk about that every week. Oh, it's fantastic, isn't it? I really, I really. And a listener said to me, "Oh, yeah, I can hear what you mean now." What do you mean? Sorry, I'm, I must well, have passed me by. It's literally what, what he says. It's applause filling noises. Yeah, the dance ends. Yeah, and there's a, a gap between when they get to come over and face the judges, Awkwardness. and she's trying to hurry them up because it's live, and so she's she's just going. <laughs> just makes a lot of noises to yeah. sort of like uh, well, actually, fill it in. The producers are getting their money's worth there. She's, she's doing a bit, a bit extra for it. And often they can't come quickly. A, some of these people are quite elderly. And B, they're, they're perhaps pooped after a gavotte, aren't they? You may well be And they've true. got those steps, haven't they? You know, yes. To, to okay, I'll, I'll let her off. Yeah. 30, so, yes, 30 th- seconds, Mike. What else would you like to draw attention to? Oh, let's, let's draw attention to a repeat of Britain's favourite ads of the 70s and 80s going out on Channel 5 tonight. Because let's be honest adverts have never been the same since the 70s and 80s and you can all name a classic that uh, that you deeply miss because you know world very has true so very very I'm looking true for, what, what i always notice with those they're, they're in such low definition now you yes. forget we used to watch television and it, it's a bit like watching an abstract painting most of the time wasn't it yeah you squint a lot don't you absolutely mike has been i mean been a short pleasure but a real pleasure thank you so much indeed uh the stars tv critics he does it every we never Friday. even asked him how he thought brighton would go tomorrow you still there, Mike? I am still here. We're They're going to win, aren't they? 2-0. Yeah. Okay. 
<laughs> Everybody, not one person thinks Manchester United are going to win. It's unbelievable. It's surprising, isn't it? And unbelievable has been the last three days. I can't Thanks, tell you. I, I've had Great. such a ball. I really have. I want to thank all the, all the younger people through the glass there. Jamie, Bill, George, they know who they are. Um, and uh, thank you, Andy, for the two days you've done with me. And thank Pleasure. you all for listening. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Yeah, that was the podcast. The Clips of the Week uh, is available on a whole range of different platforms. You're all adult enough to look those up. I'll be back with you on Monday when Paul will be back too. Should be great. You've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between 1 and 4 p.m. on TalkSport. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.